0: Today is a brand new day, and you have a choice to start transforming your life. Because when you commit to find the keys to unlock your true potential, you will unleash your superhuman powers. If you want to discover how to crush self-doubt, master productivity, bend time, accelerate your learning and more, you need to join us today, because this is the Superhuman Playbook Podcast. And welcome to the World of Miracles.
1: Hey Superhumans, today I have the awesome opportunity to introduce you to Daniel Lathan, the only American neuroscientist I know of that can breakdance as well as he can speak Mandarin. Daniel is one of our five-star coaches at Superhuman Academy, and besides being talented in a wide variety of unexpected fields, he has a wealth of knowledge about how the brain works and especially as it relates to addiction. His chapter in the superhuman playbook is titled Break Free of Damning Liquid. And yes, I can confirm it is as interesting as it sounds. So don't miss this fascinating interview with Daniel Lathan. Daniel, welcome to the show, my friend. It's a pleasure to have you.
0: Hey, thanks, Colin. Good to be here. I'm excited to do this.
1: Awesome. Well, I've already given you a glowing introduction, but if you don't mind, could you tell us a
0: little bit about yourself? Sure, sure. So I'm a man of many hats. Um, I'm a father, a husband, a bike mechanic, and um, I'm also somewhat of a polyglot and trying to develop super learner habits in any way that I can in my life. Relevant to why I'm here today, I am a PhD uh, candidate at the University of Utah So I'm a published neuroscientist, and I research alcoholism and the genes that behind it. One of the things that, of course, we'll be talking about today is kind of the scientific aspects of of alcoholism and how that relates to the the chapter in the Superhuman Playbook. Now, I'm also um, an entrepreneur and a brain coach, um, which is how I got involved in um, helping on the Superhuman Playbook. Um, Right now, that's limited to the the super learning, the memory and learning techniques that are taught through Superhuman Academy. But depending on when this episode is released, that'll also um, include other aspects of brain coaching. So if people want to learn more about how to get good sleep, how to do emotional management or making and breaking habits, all those kind of things, they can come to me for that. Overall, though, I'd say I am a practical learner meaning I've always, I've always hated trivia. So even though you might think I'm good at it, I actually hate it, I have no interest in it. I've discovered not super interested in obscure scientific knowledge that um, only a couple of people will ever read and no one will ever use. So that's why I'm really trying to get into how we can take what we know about the brain and everything that we can learn that can actually change our lives and change the world.
1: Awesome. I think that sums it up. I really like what you said about the practical learner aspect. As long as I've known you, I've definitely recognized that. And I appreciate that as well. I'm I'm much more an applied science kind of guy myself. So uh, one thing I want to go through here today, definitely dive into the topic of your chapter, dig into it a little bit. So the title of your book chapter in the superhuman playbook is break free of damning liquid. Uh, that's an interesting one. Definitely piqued my curiosity when I read it. So what are damning liquids and why does one need to break free from them?
0: Great question. So the, the title actually steps back to the movie Frozen 2, if you've, you have seen that. <laughs> there's, a, there's a dam in there that gets a lot of attention. And so I'll, I'll talk about how that relates. But a damning liquid, liquid is really anything that holds us back. Any beverage or drink that we regularly consume that holds us back. And a lot of people, of course, have no idea that these drinks are holding them back. Um, that could be coffee, you know, tea, energy drinks, pop or soda, depending on where you are. As I talk about in the chapter, uh, most especially alcohol, these things hold people back in a lot of ways and they just don't realize it. There are some people who really need to break free of them. I mean, in kind of a medical sense and it's ruining their lives sense. Yes. You know, If you have excessive sugar, excessive caffeine, excessive alcohol can just straight up ruin your health, your relationships, your finances and everything. Those people absolutely need to break free of that. But that's pretty obvious, right? So what I wrote the chapter for was for all the people who might not realize that they need to break free of it because what it really is is that I'm hoping that they will recognize how much they want to break free of these beverages after they realize what they're doing to their lives. So just as I guess some examples, in the chapter i talk about 30 different ways that people use alcohol in ways that they think are beneficial to them and on the outside they are some people use it to open up to other people so that they're not just like really you know uptight when they're around their friends some people use it to relax Um, some people use it to feel sexy or just to enjoy themselves generally of course you know we all have experienced i think that kind of situation where people um, use alcohol just to have a good time but the problem with these is that they're actually holding us back from experiencing the better um, ways of doing things because over my years of researching alcohol I've come to understand how it really hijacks our brains and makes us think that we need it in order to relax or to feel good or to enjoy ourselves when we really don't Um, It's really just a crutch that, you know, if you have a real need, a crutch is a great thing. But if you don't, (laughs) could you imagine walking around with a crutch all the time, Colin, (laughs) what that would do to you?
1: (laughs) Right. Your muscles will atrophy. Right.
0: Right. Not only is it not helping you, it's going to actually hurt you because it's preventing you from using your own strength. It's atrophying your muscles. It's literally slowing you down because I've never seen somebody with a crutch go faster than somebody just walking. So there's a lot of ways that alcohol is that crutch, where it prevents us from being able to improve ourselves and experience growth because we're relying on it so much. And interestingly, uh, neuroscience has shown that learning is state dependent. So what that means is that if you get good at doing something in a particular state, you're only good at it in that state. So if I learn while I'm drunk, how to relax or how to open up to people. I'm not going to be very good at that while I'm sober. It doesn't carry over well. And in fact, what it does do is it would hurt my chances when I'm sober because our brain will compensate in a lot of ways that make us think that we have to have alcohol in order to relax. We have to have alcohol in order to open up and to enjoy ourselves. And so there's a lot of actual harm there right that the things that you could be experiencing in a positive way and growing in a positive way they're not so when we when we rely on alcohol it really robs us robs us of those opportunities to experience things and to um, be challenged in ways that force us to grow and help us grow instead of becoming dependent on alcohol so going back to the examples i, I used earlier people use alcohol to open up but when they do that Think of what they're missing out of. They're missing out on the chance to learn how to open up on their own, to learn how to be willing to be vulnerable, learn how to be assertive and honest about their feelings and their needs, because they're only learning how to do that when they're drunk. They're not learning how to do that when they're sober. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Or our other examples of how to relax. If you're using alcohol to relax, then you're not learning how to do self-care, how to balance your life, and how to... Um, have the good mental state to be able to relax without it. You're not learning that. If you're using it to feel sexy, you're not learning how to appreciate your own body, (laughs) appreciate and accept your own body. If you're, you're using it to enjoy yourself, then that robs you of the chance to learn how to appreciate the goodness in whatever situation you're in and the people you're around, such that if you don't have alcohol, then suddenly you don't enjoy yourself. That's a big problem, right? What it essentially becomes is, a type of psychological addiction where people feel like they need it in order to achieve whatever good thing they want. And so they use it, which actually, ironically, makes them more helpless, (laughs) less capable. And so they feel like they need it even more. Does does that make sense that we have this, this negative cycle? It's essentially keeping us locked in this loop. And that's why we need to break free so we can break out of that cycle.
1: Yeah. So a little tangential question here. Mm -hmm. Uh, What you said about state dependence got me thinking about like coffee, for example, a lot of people use stimulants, coffee, five hour energy, anything Mm -hmm. like that. And I know at least many of those will be advertised as, as not being unhealthy or damaging in any way. But with what you said about the state dependence, I'd almost wonder if even if the drink itself is healthy, if it does modify your psychological state, could that be robbing you of these benefits when you are quote unquote sober even if we're not talking about alcohol but right uh, coffee or energy drinks anything like that is that the case
0: absolutely like i said there's there's plenty of evidence that learning is generally state dependent and so if if you get used to for instance studying always on some sort of sugar or caffeine high (laughs) it's going to be a a lot harder for you to remember what you learned on the test when you're not on that high (laughs) It's just a natural way that our our memories often work through association, and so that includes what whatever state we're in. That if we can associate this state with what we learned, then that will strengthen that memory, but make it a little harder to learn to memorize that, remember that in other states. And um, since you mentioned those kind of stimulants, there's also the fact that our brain always compensates for what's happening. So if you you know take a five hour energy or coffee in order to feel more energized, there will always be a bigger kickback,
1: <laughs> a mm-hmm.
0: rebound, where afterwards you're going to feel more tired, um, less focused, etc. cetera. But personally, I almost never use those kind of stimulants with the, maybe the rare exception of I have to finish something <laughs> by tonight and <laughs> I'm just too tired, I need to finish it, so I'll use one of those, but recognizing that that's going to wipe me out tomorrow <laughs> but except for those rare circumstances, I always avoid it. Alcohol is the same except opposite where it helps to depress us and calm us, which means that when we don't have it, suddenly we're extra anxious, um, uncomfortable (laughs) and can't focus because our brain is our, the neurons in our brain are hyperactivating in order to compensate for all the times that they're depressed by the alcohol.
1: Wow. That's really fascinating. I have a confession. So when when you did submit your chapter as I was compiling and editing the Superhuman Playbook, I was not quite sure how it was going to fit in with everything else. Uh, so much of the book talks about mindset, the power of our thoughts, how they affect our lives, how we can change them and modify our behavior in order to reach our goals. But what I realized after reading your chapter, and I think where it really adds a significant value that. Wasn't found elsewhere is, is recognizing that the brain and the body are connected. And we talk about mental health and physical health as if they're totally distinct. But of course, that's not true. Anything that you do to your body, what you eat, how you sleep, what you drink, like you're talking about, really has effects on our brain and the way that we think. And if we consider the role that our thoughts play in our lives, which is huge. Mm -hmm. And how just by, you know, drinking alcohol, drinking coffee, how it can change our patterns of thinking, uh, the state dependence that you talked about, really even in small amounts, these things can have profound reoccurring impacts on our lives. Would you agree with that?
0: Oh, absolutely. That's actually the reason I love studying the brain um, is because of how holistic it is. It's involved, like you said, in how how we do things every day with exercise and diet and our our, psycho- our psychology, our psyche, it's all embedded in there through our thoughts. It can connect to sociology and spirituality too. Everything comes together up here. And that's why I think it's so fascinating. And that's um, what I hope to emphasize in all of my brain coaching is how all these different aspects are really interconnected. Often we you know, want to focus on, hey, I want to improve my my memory or something. But the bigger problem might be less so in your memory skills and more so in that you're getting no sleep (laughs) Mm, (laughs) or you have a terrible diet or you're not exercising or you have so many negative thoughts going through your head, things like that, that really hold us back and are connected without us realizing it.
1: Right. Well, awesome. I want to move on to really driving back to the purpose of the book as a whole. The premise for the book was to extract and share the number one skill, idea, strategy, et cetera, from each author. So uh, you've already talked about this a little bit, but can you go in deeper? Why was this the topic that you chose? Why do you think it's so important for those who want to become the best versions of themselves?
0: Sure, sure. Uh, my years of studying alcohol and the science behind alcoholism um, have really revealed to me kind of the truths of how it is that alcohol holds us back in so much more ways than people really realize. And so what I really wanted to do is help people to have a chance to face the truth of the role that alcohol plays in their lives. Because it it might be damning them, holding them back, but they just don't realize it because it's so hard to do that introspection. It takes a lot of introspection to honestly think, okay, if I had not been using alcohol to do x all these years then I might actually be able I might have more courage or I might be really good at my mental mastery or you know any of a dozen other things that alcohol that people use alcohol for if you do the real introspection you might realize wow that's actually been holding me back because I haven't had a chance to develop those skills on my own and that's totally understandable it's because we as a society are so inundated with Uh, messages that glorify alcohol right from your friends your family your boss every social event pretty much so many commercials (laughs) even the super bowl commercials which i love them even though they're about alcohol they're often great but that's evidence of how these messages really come into our brains and help set the neural pathways in our brains that alcohol is a good thing and that you can't live without it that if you try, you won't be funny, you won't be able to, uh, you know, get a date, you won't be able to have success with your clients, um, you won't be able to relax and enjoy yourself. But those are all lies. (laughs) It's just things that have, uh, we've been told over and over, and so we inherently believe it. But I wanted to write the chapter so that people can actually have a chance to address those lies and (laughs) think, is this really true for me? And figure out, I guess, if that feels true for them, then fine, but I think what they'll discover is that if they um, take the time to test these ideas out, they'll discover what I have discovered, that alcohol is not required for success, it's not required for happiness, and in fact it holds them back, it prevents them. So yeah, in short, I really hope that people will um, use this chapter as a way to confront the role that alcohol has played in their lives and to feel empowered to change that if they feel like it's right for them.
1: You're a practical learner, and I think many of the listeners that we have on here are also going to be practical learners, people who really want to apply what they learn to their life. So in this chapter, you issue a challenge to the readers. Can you tell us more about that?
0: Yep, so the kind of first part of the chapter is all about that introspection and deciding What role has alcohol actually played in my life the challenge is all about giving yourself a chance to see what role what your life could be like without alcohol so simply put it's the challenge is to go one month without any alcohol one month alcohol free it's you know not the biggest commitment in the world (laughs) so it's doable but it's big enough that it will give you a chance to experience life again without alcohol because uh, most i'd say probably most of us have not experienced an alcohol-free life since we were maybe teenagers (laughs) or even before then. And you can't really compare an adult alcohol life with a preteen
1: non-alcoholic
0: life. That's just crap comparison because of (laughs) all the changes that have happened in yourself and in your life. So what I hope to do by giving this challenge is help people compare what their life is like with alcohol and without alcohol. To do an experiment as a scientist would. And this is for anybody that, you know, rather you're just an occasional social drinker or you're more drunk than sober usually, <laughs> no matter where you are on that spectrum, you can do this challenge because no matter where you are on that spectrum, alcohol is affecting your life one way or another. But I do have to warn that if you have any possibility of physical dependence on alcohol, you need to consult a physician first because if, if you have sudden abstinence from alcohol, that sudden withdrawal can be life-threatening and even deadly. So <laughs> serious moment, <laughs> ask a physician because this is a dangerous problem if you have any sort of um, serious physical dependence on alcohol. This uh, challenge is designed in order to let your life and your body reset. So it has to be 100% abstinence because if you don't, those small levels of alcohol will still be keeping your body in that state. It will still be reinforcing your um, existing neural pathways, not allowing new ones to come in. So you really won't be able to experience what it's like to live without alcohol if you're still dabbling in it. It also needs to be long enough, we said a month, because some of the changes that um, will happen in your life take some time. Um, Your body will take maybe several weeks to kind of shrug off the fatigue, the lack of focus, the headaches, <laughs> the bad moods, the mood swings and then to instead gain energy and focus and i guess vitality those those changes take some time because of how ingrained they are in your, your body. Even though alcohol itself only stays around for something like 24 hours, its effects last a lot longer. And so by giving yourself a month, the first couple two or three weeks will be just kind of allowing your body to reset and then that gives you the rest of the time to experience what it's like to live in that new state. So another thing to consider is that at the end of the month what are you going to do? Well what I invite people to do in the chapter is to really ponder the difference, ponder what their uh, life is like with and without alcohol and decide which they like better. And by which one they like better, I don't just mean which one feels better on, in the moment because alcohol always feels good in the moment. <laughs> what I really mean is considering what they really want in life, their long-term vision and goals for their life and deciding um, how alcohol fits in with that. So for most people, you know, they want things like health and security, probably career success, probably quality relationships, personal growth, those deep things that they want in their life. And I think most people want that more than they want a chemical high. (laughs) And unfortunately, they're in opposition to each other. The more you you go toward the chemical high, the less you're going to get of those deeper, better things. Um, So what I'm really inviting people to do is decide how they want their life to be, what they want their relationship with alcohol to be, and then stick with that. So for some people, that'll be just going back to life like normal. For some people, they might decide to stick with less alcohol, just some sort of reduction. And that's great. Um, Some people might decide to go all the way and quit alcohol completely. Whatever it is, I just want to give people the the chance to make that empowered decision and kind of you know, throw off everything that a society and your drunk brain says you should do. And instead make that empowered decision of what you really want deep down and stick with that.
1: Yeah, I love that. It reminds me, reminds me a lot of something that Dave Ramsey says. He's a, he's a financial teacher. I don't inscri- subscribe to everything he says, but um, he talks about getting out of debt. And uh, his whole thing is if you get out of debt and you really hate it, it's pretty easy to go back into debt. <laughs> and I think it's the same thing with this. If you uh, if you go through the month and at the end of the month, you know you decide that your previous habits were the best for you and that and that, that's what made you feel best, pretty easy to go back to. Uh, but it's really the experiment that that matters and, and learning that about yourself that's gonna make the difference.
0: Right. There's no that. bad outcome. That's the great thing, is that even if you discover that it's not worth it to you to drop alcohol. Like you said, you can just go back and there's no bad bad outcome because you've learned something and now you are more in charge of and more, I guess, confident in your lifestyle. And that's great. Whereas the only possible bad outcome is if your life would actually be way better without alcohol and you never try that. Right. <laughs> so yeah. That's missing a, that's out on so much, but you just never know.
1: Exactly. So uh, for those who do decide to take the challenge, can you give them some pointers what obstacles should they expect to face and how can they overcome those?
0: Mm-hmm. Sure. So the whole point of the challenge is that you will be challenged. <laughs> that when you throw away your crutch, you're going to be challenged with new things in your life that you didn't have to worry about before. So that might be, you'll be challenged of how to actually enjoy yourself around your friends if you're not drunk. You might be challenged of how to actually get good sleep without, without an evening evening beer, or how to relax after work with that that beer. Um, You'll be challenged in all these ways, but that is actually a sign that this is working (laughs) and that the experiment as an experiment is working because you are having a chance to face those things and that alcohol always did for you. Now you're going to learn to do it on your own. (laughs) So, so Mm -hmm. don't see that as some something to dread, but rather something to look forward to that as you lose your crutch, you're going to start. It's going to feel hard at first when you're walking on your own two feet. But right, But that's a good There's sign.
1: Difficulties. That's, a, that's a good indicator that this is worth trying. Yeah. Right, so right.
0: Worth. That said, there are challenges, of course. You're, you're going to have physical things, um, mental and emotional things, but that's why you don't have to do this alone. Um, in the chapter, I lay out a lot of resources and kind of ways that you can get support because you might need a, a doctor for the physical aspects if, if you have any sort of dependence. For the mental and emotional aspects and social aspects, you really need some sort of support system. It's um, hard to make life changes of any sort without a support system, and especially ones that are so ingrained in us and in our society, like alcohol use is. Um, so I recommend, you know, you can do formal groups like Alcoholics Anonymous, but you can also just find any online group of people that are trying to go um, alcohol free. You can turn to your family, turn to your friends, find any sort of accountability partners, turn to me actually, and which I have my contact info in the book, and really just any sort of support that will help you feel like you're not alone and that there's people on your side. Um, I do wanna mention that the biggest challenge is often just belief, Mm -hmm. that because of how much the media and others have told us that we can't live without alcohol, the biggest problem is often just that people don't believe they can do it. or if, even if they could do it, that it's somehow not worth it. But as a expert in this, I can tell you that it is worth it and that you can do it. Um, I've spent years helping people change their lives in various ways. And I've never met anybody who could not change something that they really set their mind to wow. because just, just as flexible as our, our brain is to establishing bad habits, it's also flexible to getting them out. <laughs> we can, we can have that neuroplasticity. We can, change our ways of thinking, ways of doing things, so that if you are actually committed and you earnestly try and you make use of the tools available to you, whether that's, you know, support groups, medicine, self-help books, your accountability partners, all that, you will be able to change it. I sincerely believe that there's nobody who can't change something when they really want to. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. And that's actually one of the reasons I reasons I decided to place your chapter in the second half of the book. A lot of the first half really talks about how to stick to things that you set out to do, how to identify what's really important to you and make the mindset adjustments that are required in order to make progress on difficult things. Uh, so that's a, another great plug for the book there. But anyway, if you could leave our listeners with just one message, one key takeaway from this episode, what would it be?
0: Um, I think speaking as a scientist, it would just have to be that you should try the experiment. (laughs) In this case, we're talking about the alcohol-free experiment, but it doesn't even have to be limited to that. This could be you wondering if you should try a career change, if you should pursue a new relationship, if you should have kids, if you should learn a new language, if you should try living a new religion, Whatever it is, or, or try brain coaching, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Whatever it is, it's always worth it to try. Because like you said, Colin, we can always go back to the way our life was before if, if we discover it's not for us and there's nothing lost. We've, we've learned. It's overall been a good experience. But how sad is it if we never try to experiment and we're missing out on the truth of a better life, of better ways of doing things? that we just don't know because we haven't tried it. So yeah, I I guess I would just say try the experiment and have hope that it will work (laughs) because I really believe it will. And by trying it, you're going to have a chance to find greater hope in your life and inspire others as well.
1: Absolutely, well, I can honestly say I actually just finished my 30 days a couple of days ago so I uh, <laughs> <picked> last month <laughs> and I, I cut out a lot of things was an experiment. alcohol was one of them um, amongst many other things and I definitely learned some things about myself how uh, even things as simple as bread how they make me feel and that's you know it's just really good to know it's because now I have the power to choose if I want to feel a certain way I know how to get that result and uh, if I just want to do the normal stuff live normal life you know that's easy to do as well so Mm -hmm. It's really powerful to have that knowledge about yourself, how different things make you feel, and then be able to choose that dependent on the situation. So I definitely encourage everybody to take on this challenge. And as an extra incentive, I do want to say, if you do take on the challenge and you record a quick video sharing uh, what it was like for you, what you learned, and you send that to us. And I will share a, a link that you can send that to in the description of this podcast episode, uh, then you will have a chance to be featured on the Superhuman Playbook website. Uh, Get a shout out from us and uh, potentially, if we think that your experiment was interesting enough, which I'm sure they all will be, then uh, you might be featured on the podcast or with an interview with myself or with Daniel. So definitely send your results. We really wanna hear from you, see how this changes your life and helps you to take action and uh, take responsibility for your goals and what you want to accomplish. So uh, last thing here, just wrapping it up, Daniel, can you share with us uh, where we can find more information about the topics you shared today and where people can find your content and connect with you?
0: Absolutely. So um, of course, a lot of the resources are on the Superhuman Playbook website. But in addition to that, you can check out my website for more helpful brain mastery resources and links to try out free brain coaching. Um, So that's going to be cortexevolution.com. I'm all about changing our brains for the better. So it's cortexevolution.com.
1: We'll put that link in the description as well, because I know many people won't be able to spell that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm going to have some trouble with
0: that one. (laughs) And in addition, feel free to check out my YouTube channel by the same name, Cortex Evolution where I actually have started an Ask a Neuroscientist series that's all about people being able to put forth any personal questions that relate to their brain and how it's working in their life in any aspect. They can um, put up questions there and I'll create um, personalized answers, personal videos answering those questions. So I encourage everyone to check that out and if you have any sort of um, challenges that you think I can help with, please let me know and I'll be happy to help.
1: And I would definitely encourage everyone to take action on that. Like we've said, the worst thing that can happen is you figure out that what you've been doing is the right thing to do. On the other side, you might figure out that there's a lot of changes that you want to make to your life and finally have the ability to do it. So uh, thank you, Daniel, for all those resources. And thank you for coming on today. It was definitely a pleasure to have you.
0: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I've definitely enjoyed talking about this and learned a few things myself, I think. So thank you, Colin. (music)